Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. This is going to be another part of what I was talking about when I did the Paul McCartney thing about social engineering. I may stumble from time to time because I usually don't write things or read things when I'm doing this, so I may sound a little robotic at some point trying to read my own writing. But um, this is what took place from 1964 until the late 1970s in Laurel Canyon. There were so many bands that came out of this area. Just for a small example, and I know some of you might know who these people are. I know who a few of them are, but some of these artists were The Turtles, The Doors, Frank Zappa, Three Dog Night, The Beach Boys, Jackson Brown, Warren Zivon, Joni Mitchell, The Mamas and the Papas, Alice Cooper, The Birds, Paul Williams, he was a songwriter, Carol King, I believe she was a songwriter and then later a singer, James Taylor and the Eagles. Now that's just for an example. There were many more bands that came out of there. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and some other ones. So um, there was also, besides the music that just seemed to emanate from this area, there was a lot of violence there in the canyon. And for one thing, you know, we had the Manson murders. I'm not sure if it took place right in Laurel Canyon, but um, maybe on the outskirts, I'm not sure, but that is considered to be part of the Laurel Canyon scene, you know, the the Manson murders and stuff. And um, goes on that the victims and the perpetrators were all connected to the canyon. So like if somebody was going to jump you or beat you up, it was someone who was there in the canyon and there was a good chance that you kind of not knew each other, but knew of each other, or maybe had been acquainted at some time. Jay Sebring, who created Jim Morrison's signature hair, was also from Laurel Canyon. He was part of that. He was also one of the victims who was murdered along with Sharon Tate at the with the Manson murder thing. And um, John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas was heavily invested in Sebring International. Uh, Jay Sebring was not only a hairstylist, but I'm guessing that he was a pretty well-known and up there, you know, like um, maybe Vidal Sassoon and something like that at that time. So um, the other, there was another big, it's called a massacre there besides the Manson murders, was in Laurel Canyon and it was known as the Wonderland murders also known as four on the floor murders. So four drug dealers were bludgeoned to death with lead pipes. 
and um, Chuck Negron, who was, I guess, the lead singer of Three Dog Night, was supposed to go there to that house that night to go and score drugs, and he never made it. He, he just didn't go there that night. He says, I guess later in an interview, that he might have been the fifth body if he would have gone there that night. So along with all the music happening, there was a lot of violence. And man, when there were murders there, they were pretty bad. And you know, all of that violence and stuff was directly tied to the drug trafficking that was going on there at the time. With the Manson murders, um, I can't say that name, Vykowski, Sebring, and Folgers were said to be heavily involved in drug trafficking. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with their being murdered, but um, it just so happens that all three of them were murdered during the Manson murders, and so it, it might Maybe it wasn't just random, I can't say, but it's just, it gives you something something to think about there. Um, There was said to be a lot of government and covert activity around the canyon. It was a, there was a covert military facility there in Laurel Canyon. It had previously been a movie studio producing propaganda films for the military. Uh, it's said that it was more fully equipped than any of the studios that were in Hollywood. It was a very high-tech studio. Um, I guess the area that it was in was known as Lookout Mountain back then. It's no longer there. They tore all that down, and now there's a residential. It's a residential neighborhood these days. The thing I find most fascinating about this whole Laurel Canyon and the music scene is the military connection. So many of the musicians, it's it's hard to believe that there's no significance to it. I mean, it's like all of, not all of them, but a majority of them were all connected by not them being in the military, but their fathers being in the military. It was just like almost all of them came from that kind of family. So it's said that um, it's hard to believe there's no significance to it. That's how, that's how major it was with these guys. Um, Jim Morrison's father was a Navy admiral who was in charge of the Pacific Fleet, which was involved in the Gulf of Tonkin incident slash false flag that uh, escalated the Vietnam War. There are people who tell me that whatever happened there, I'm not sure of what was supposed to have happened in the Gulf of Tonkin. I know I've got some history buffs out there who can tell me what went on, but I have been told that whatever they say happened really didn't. I've been told that the whole thing was a lie just to get us more involved in the Vietnam War. I don't know if that's true or not. I I have nothing to say about it because I really don't know 
but that's what they say. It was a false flag that was perpetrated to escalate the Vietnam War. Frank Zappa's father was a chemical warfare engineer who was assigned to Edgewood Arsenal, which was right outside of Baltimore. Frank Zappa was born there on the base. He attended school on the base, and he he lived there for the first seven years of his life. John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas' father was a career Marine Corps officer who had really deep political connections. I don't know what that means. Maybe it means he knew the president or could call him up on the phone. That's really deep political connections. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, John Phillips' first wife, even, was a direct descendant of President John Adams. She was employed at the Pentagon. As a matter of fact, John Phillips' mother and his sister also were employed in various capacities by the Department of Defense slash the Pentagon. So his wife, his sister, his mother, and his father were all pretty much employed by the DOD. I don't know what they called it back then, but these days it's uh, the Department of Defense. Stephen Stills' father was involved in covert ops in Central America. And he spent a lot of time in Central America. He attended military schools there. Um, I guess he didn't attend schools, um, all the military schools all the time. I guess collectively he may have attended schools there for a certain number of years. I didn't go in and and look at that. But it's funny when um, I heard about that because there's this song by um, Stephen Stills. What was that? Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And at the end of it, they're singing in Spanish. And it sounds kind of like a, uh, I don't know, it, it sounds like a, kind of like a, I don't know what you would call it, but they're singing in Spanish. I don't know the name of the song. I can't find it. I tried to. And when I read this, that he had spent all this time in Central America, well, that made sense to me why the end of that song was in Spanish. And um, the, the list just goes on. It even was the point where it says it was difficult to find someone there in the canyon who was not from a military family community. And some of them even knew each other. Frank Zappa's wife was the daughter of a career naval officer who was involved with atomic bombs. Now, her whole family was naval. She attended the same naval kindergarten as Jim Morrison. I mean, how do you explain this? Can you look at all of these? And there's more. I mean, this is just the very tip. I I don't believe that this is coincidence. I think that maybe, oh, without sounding like a crazy person, how would I say this? Maybe, um, 
Oh, I don't know. I don't think it was a coincidence. Maybe they're, you know, dads talk. They know each other from being in the military. Doesn't mean they hang out. They know of each other. They know and they hear about, you know, this and that person. I grew up in a military family. And even though my dad wouldn't have known someone like hanging out with them, he knew of them. And he would know their name, like when they said it, and then, you know, all of a sudden they got a lot to talk about. So maybe it was one of those type of things. I don't know. I mean, without bringing in other aspects like CIA involvement with certain operations, you know, now you're really getting into the whole conspiratorial thing. But without me bringing those into the mix, I would have to say it's coincidence. But it's too much, in my opinion, for me to sit here and say, oh yeah, I'm very naive and I believe all this was coincidence. No, I cannot do that. And if you, if anyone out there thinks this is coincidence, I'm not saying you're naive. I'm not saying anything. And I'm not hating on you. I just saying for my own personal opinion, I don't think it's coincidence. But I would really have to get into all of this other stuff to explain why. I'm going to give you a link at the end of this and um, you can go and check this out for yourself where I got the majority of this information. Now, um, one of the things that was said is that how can this be coincidence that these people all clustered around this military installation in Laurel Canyon to form bands at some point it becomes difficult to believe it was all happenstance how it all came together is the mystery which is true just because you got all these people there who maybe had met each other in childhood or whatever What makes them all gravitate to one place and decide that they're going to be musicians? That's the thing. What was the catalyst for that? I mean, I'm not saying that there weren't talented people there because you can listen to some of the music from back then depending on what you like. I personally like some of the music from The Doors. I think that it's... uh, it's not dated you can listen to it now and it still sounds really good i'm not a beach boys fan but um who else did it from the era would i like just a a couple of things um i'm not a big 60s music fan and i cannot even say i'm a beatles fan except for the song strawberry fields that's really like the only one that I like but anyhow um, the, all, the other thing about it is how fast these guys and it was I mean it was not only guys even though at the time it was a male dominated thing the music industry back then was um, pretty well the focal point was on men there were some female singers yes There were a lot of folk singers back then. I'm not talking about Motown now or any of that kind of music. I'm just talking about this 
from the Laurel Canyon and from um, this genre that I'm talking about, there were a lot of female folk singers. I don't like folk music. That's why just there seemed to be a lot of that from the 60s. I, it makes me get in a bad mood. But anyways, I'm not talking about me. But it seems like the, these bands put their music out so fast. I mean, these days, you can be waiting for four years for a new album to come out. But back then, the Birds put out two albums a year. The Beach Boys put out 10 albums in three years. That's unheard of. 10 albums in three years. These days, it would probably take, what, 30 years for a band to put out 10 albums? Yeah, it's not happening these days, even though with all the technology and stuff. And um, they must have been very prolific also because writing lyrics is not easy. Writing melody, forget it. I wouldn't even know where to start with that. But just lyrics alone, I, I don't know how you can do that. So maybe some of these things were given to them. How do you, how do you put out music that fast? It just, you know, here I go again thinking, well, maybe they were given some of these lyrics, some of this melody, you know, and um, they didn't do it all themselves, all alone. I'm just saying, I'm not accusing them. I'm just thinking maybe, you know, it's, it's possible because then later on down the line, you hear about, oh, so-and-so stole my music. I think there was something going on with uh, Frank Zappa and one of the Beach Boys. Not Frank Zappa, I'm sorry. It was um, Charles Manson and one of the Beach Boys. I think Charles Manson accused one of the Beach Boys, um, maybe it was Doris Day's son, that Doris Day's son, Terry Melcher, I believe was his name, stole his music or one of his songs or something. Um, if, if that's true, you'd be able to find it and read about that. But I'm pretty sure Charles Manson did accuse him of stealing one of his songs, at least. I don't know what music uh, Charles Manson ever wrote, but I guess it's worth looking into if you're interested in this kind of stuff. But, um, you know, they would go in there and it would take them two days to cut an album that they just seem to put out so such amazing amount of music in a small amount of time now what is all this about okay that would be like part three but at the very top of this there are some people I I don't know. This is all kind of new to me, what I'm going to say to you right now. But there are some people who say that these groups, these bands who all came from military families, and a lot of them, they were in a band, but they didn't know how to play their instrument, that they came from the Tavistock Institute. Now, remember, and I asked you to read about Tavistock and how they are all involved in the whole social engineering and all of this stuff. Well, this is what some people have stated. 
that that's where these bands came from. And they go even further to say that certain bands were never really bands at all. Like the Monkees. There are people out there who say the Monkees were not really a band. I, I really don't know what that means. So if they weren't a band, what were they? Were they faking it? They weren't really playing instruments. See, I don't know what they mean by that. But um, if you're interested in all of that, I'm sure it's easy to find it. And there are even some today that say, uh, you know, certain bands from, from today aren't really bands and certain singers aren't really singers. When people tell me that, I hesitate to ask, well, what do you mean by that? Because I don't want to look like a dummy, but I'm not really that interested enough to check it out for myself. So if you are, you know, you can take a look and, and see what is meant by that. And where all of this is going okay with the whole Tavistock thing is because it was right around that time with the peace and love and all that stuff that the family started breaking down. And um, people, you know, they were doing all their hallucinogenic drugs and all this and that, and then with the music, and the children started rebelling big time against the parents. And then you had the parents, you know, it wasn't anymore like mom stays at home cleaning and making dinner. Now the mom has to go to work because everything's costing more. And I don't know how music would cause that to happen. But they're trying to say that this was all engineered. All this music, all this lifestyle stuff to break down what was called the nuclear family. Maybe it's true. When you hear people who believe this, their arguments are very compelling. So it's, it's not hard to find anyone who wants to talk about that on, on YouTube. But I want to tell you, there's a really good book where I got the most of this stuff from. And it's called Weird Scenes in the Canyon. And it's by Dave McGowan. Now, funny thing about Dave is that after he wrote his book, not too much, not too much later, I don't know how long, but he died. I think he was going to write, it's, it's almost like an ex, expose. He was going to write something else, or he did write something else. And uh, I know that he didn't live too much longer after he wrote his, um, it's, it's an expose. I don't know how deep he gets into it. I just read some excerpts. I don't know if he goes into the Tavistock Institute. Maybe he does. And um, there is another thing that I wanted to say that the Grateful Dead, their manager, I don't know his name, but apparently he was involved with the Tavistock Institute. So maybe some of the managers of these, some of these other bands and um, what have you, 
maybe they were also involved in in the institute it'd be interesting to take a look and see i it's interesting to me but it's not so interesting that oh i have to read about this right now it's another one of those things that i'll put on i'll keep it on the burner and maybe take a look at it again later but it's it's really you know worth checking out maybe the thing that interests me mostly is the whole thing with the engineering and the breakdown of the family because from everything that I've read it did start happening at that time you know you had the Woodstock people you had the Vietnam War I'm sure that didn't help you know and um, when you have a a son or daughter going to war and ends up getting killed, I'm sure that it's really hard to pull your family together after something like that. And I know that a lot of parents divorced and they, you know, that's that's part of the breakdown. But it's also the breakdown of the family and it just snowballs into the breakdown of society. And that's what's happening right now. It's, um, it's really, it's very uh, sad and disturbing, but maybe it does all have something to do with that. All right, and um, that's all I've got about this for right now. If um, you're interested in this kind of thing and you want to hear more about it, I will get more in depth. I just want to put things out there to see if you're interested in it and If you are, you can let me know and I can go further with it and really get into the the meat, the meaty part of it. But that also means going down the conspiracy rabbit hole, which I do that all the time with a lot of subjects. I had an email from a listener who asked me, first of all, this person said that they did like the Paul McCartney show and it was interesting but would I please just do the paranormal things because that's what they're interested in well that's where my interest is also with paranormal you know that covers not just ghosts and UFOs it goes on further to maybe um, cryptids and disappearances missing people and strange sounds like the hums and the screams that they were hearing from the sky that time and other things like that. There was a lot that that term paranormal covers but of course that's my first choice and that's what um, of course I'm, I'm going to do that. I like to touch on certain things like this though every once in a while because you can actually, if you had a timeline in front of you with a graph, you could probably see the graph higher in the early 60s. And then as we get to present day, the graph is way down. So there, I'm kind of um, leaning towards the thing that, yeah, the breakdown did start then. I can't blame it on the music. But um, I could probably say that the the drugs and the war had a 
major, major part, something to do with it. And then the current wars and the never-ending wars that we're still involved in. Um, I was going to tell a short story. Okay, I'm going to tell it. I was getting kind of tired of sitting here. But anyhow, I'm going to tell you anyways. So this was a story that was submitted to me. And I think I spoke about something that happened to me a while back. But this person says that um, they, they had an encounter with a night hag. Remember we talked about that. They call it um, sleep paralysis. But people who um, study certain things like I do call it the night hag. I don't believe in sleep paralysis. But it doesn't mean that I'm right. I just don't believe in sleep paralysis. I think that there is an entity that actually comes and gets on you because I have felt the feeling in the room before it's happened to me. And I wasn't even asleep, so I don't know how I could have had paralysis. So anyways, this person says that they were taking a nap. They were on their couch. And something came. And this person was trying to open her eyes, but she couldn't. And she says... I could see through my eyelids that, because it was in the daytime, she said, I could see that the sun was out and I'm laying on my couch and something came and got on top of her and she couldn't move and she couldn't speak, but she could hear everything that was going on all around her. And whatever it was spoke to her and it sounded like when you play a record backwards. See, that's a funny thing that this person said because I don't think I said that to anyone, but that very same thing happened to me. It sounded like a record being played backwards. And she said that as long as that thing was on her, she couldn't budge. She couldn't open her eyes, but she was trying to because she said, I wasn't asleep. I was awake. Slowly, that thing, the pressure lifted off her, and she was able to open her eyes, and there was nothing there, nothing wrong, nothing out of place. And the same noises that she heard when she was laying on the couch, because she said at first she was dozing off. She's like, those same noises were going on when I was able to finally open my eyes. So you don't necessarily have to be asleep. Maybe all you have to do is be in that in-between, you know, that in-between days. It's a very strange phenomenon. Um, I don't want to say if you haven't had that experience yet, you will. I'm not going to say that. And once you start talking and uh, telling people about it, you know, every so often I just talk about it and then somebody will say, I had that experience too. What in the world was it? I thought I was going crazy. I said, no, you're not crazy. It's a night hack. You can read about it. But people still have those experiences all the time. I think the worst one is when I was laying on my side. Yeah, that was pretty bad. 
I know I sound like a crazy person talking about. There was something that came and got on top of me, and I was laying on my side. But that's the truth. I don't have any reason to lie, and I sure wouldn't want to make something like that up and make myself look like a crazy, crazy person. But anyways, um, that's all I got for now. Next time, I think I'm going to do a little bit about a subject, a subject that isn't spoke about very much. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. There is something really, really weird that happened um, that I was made aware of a few days ago. This coming Tuesday, we're going to go and check it out. And we're going to take recordings. And there might even be a recording right now. I have to wait and see because uh, we're going to get together and do this on Tuesday. This is going to be something. And um, I'll just give you a little preview about it. I'm just going to give you the very top about what this is about. And this is really nothing. This is just a preview. So there's this woman. She's older. And um, her husband had an affair. I don't know how long ago he had this affair. And I don't know how long it took between the time he ended it to the time he told his wife about it. Well, he told his wife that he can hear her screaming at him in his ears. Yes, he can hear this woman screaming at him in his ears. But wait a minute, it gets a little bit worse. So we're going to go and interview this person because she says that now, the past week, she can hear her screaming at her in her right ear. She, it's weird the way she distinctly says her right ear. Now, yeah, think about that one. I don't know if that would be maybe her imagination. I mean, it could be. But um, I don't know what she is saying to her. I don't know if she's even able to understand what she's saying or if she just hears screaming. So that's what we're going to go and find out this coming Tuesday. I'm going to get back to you guys on Wednesday. If I don't get back to you sooner with another couple of creepy stories. But I'm going to get back to you on Wednesday no later than Thursday to let you know what happened. And um, yeah, this may be... I mean, to me, it sounds like she's a bruja. Who else could do that, right? It would have to be a bruja. A a pretty strong one, too. So, I'll definitely get back to you guys by Wednesday or Thursday at the latest and let you know what happened. And I will have a special guest on with me to talk about it. Okay? So, thanks for joining in. And everybody, be cool. Ciao.